this is a Thursday episode. It's part of a smaller series that we're doing to offer bonus content for other episodes and in this case, help our listeners prepare for the National Legislative Summit in Washington, D.C. This is Need to Know. The second part is about our priorities for NLS. And I'm here with Jennifer Stittard and Ji-Hang Lee. Uh, Ji-Hang, how do you both determine the priorities for NLS? So the priorities for the National Legislative Summit, which is also affectionately known as a green sheet, uh, derives from a broader document. It's called our Legislative Priorities. And each every two years, our association sets out new, uh, a new legislative agenda. Uh, this working document is a... Uh, priorities from federal funding all the way down to nursing to uh, sustainability encompasses a huge swath of issues that are of concern for our association and along with American Association of Community Colleges. This is also something that you will receive in your packet. It's a brochure uh, type of document. This document is approved by both AACC and ACCT Board of Directors and also is approved by our public policy committee of our association, public policy and advocacy association of our association. Um, from there, that legislative agenda then gets down to a more finite list of issue areas. And those issue areas are typically chosen by um, of importance. So you have things like, for example, the Pell Grant program, which about three million of our community college students receive every year. Uh, to also, uh, we pick items that are of relevance based upon whether or not they're up for reauthorization, uh, such as the Higher Education Act, um, but also things that are just timely in general. Things that, for example, if the administration uh, has an agenda item that they would like us to pursue, those are things that kind of crop up and then are inserted into the, uh, to the green sheet. Three items that we look at when we determine priorities, and that's the importance of the issues to our institutions and our students. You know, the Pell Grant program is kind of an evergreen item for our list just because we have so many students that receive it and it's so prominent for our community colleges. Um, we also look at our cohesion of our membership. You know, is this something that we feel as though a lot of our members are going to be able to talk about and get behind and have a unified message? And, and beyond that, we look at the possibility of success. You know, whether or not we think in the next, you know, four months, 12 months, this is something that's going to come up and something that can pass. That's why some years you may see tax reform on our, on our agenda, or you may see, you know, something about uh, food insecurity. It just, it depends on the year and what we think could, can get moving forward. So generally, we're looking at four big buckets, Pell, Funding, HEA and DREAMers, all of which are directly or indirectly related to federal funding. Um, right as we're recording this, we're in the midst of a partial government shutdown. How does that impact these, uh, these buckets and our funding looking forward to 2020? So the partial government shutdown does not affect the labor HHS and education accounts, uh, where many of our... Um, programs such as like the Pell Grant program uh, resides obviously in the Department of Education. So it doesn't have an impact on that. There are pieces of the puzzle that do affect our institutions. Uh, for an example, uh, the Department of Treasury is closed, is shut down. So therefore, 
Uh, it has been, uh, the Department of Education just provided guidance to our institutions, but some of our students were having difficulty getting their, um, their tax returns verified uh, through the IRS portal. So there has been some complication for our students in, in regards to the partial government shutdown. I think for us, um, what's going on today does not portend well for us in the future as we get to September 30th, which is the end of the 2020 fiscal year. Uh, we, we probably have an expectation that this whole process, even as uh, this current process plays out, that when we get to September 30th, it might become even more complicated and everybody's uh, funding accounts from the defense to the Department of Education, everything will be back on the table. Uh, even if we have a short-term fix for this partial government shutdown. Yeah, I mean, I will say that, um, you know, we've already heard rumblings that the president's budget's going to be delayed. It generally comes out the first week in February. Um, OMB, which is the Office of Management and Budget, uh, they're currently furloughed, so they can't review all the various agency documents for um, cost and scoring in order to go into the budget, and that needs to occur before that goes out. Um, for us, the president's budget is sort of the start of the annual appropriations process. Mm -hmm. It's the president's request, what he'd like to see in the budget. And from there, uh, the House and Senate develop their budgets and their appropriations bills. So that's really going to delay things. Um, also a complication, 2020 is going to be way more complicated than 2019 as far as funding. Uh, Congress right now is operating in a budget cycle that's every two years. And basically every two years they need to renegotiate the budget or you're going to see massive cuts in defense and non-defense spending. So 2019 was kind of the, the in-between year mm -hmm. where we weren't negotiating all these funding levels, but 2020, Either we're going to see a great opportunity for a lot more funding or a complete bedlam and another just shutdown and inability to get much done. So it's it's tough to know right now, but we're hoping for the best and we think it might be a good year to ask for, for more money. <laughs> for us, so for us right now then, what are the top three funding items? So that's really gonna depend on your institution to some degree. I mean, Pell Grant's gonna be the top no matter what, because across the board our institution we have a lot of Pell students it's a gigantic program it's about 30 billion dollars so I can't imagine that anyone's not going to go in and want to talk about Pell Grant funding um, from there filling out our federal funds worksheet which we send out in our packet is really going to help you kind of determine which programs you want to talk about from our list if you're a Hispanic serving institution you probably want to talk about grants for that um, if you fill out your sheet and you see it, you get a lot of uh, supplemental educational opportunity grant money, also called SEOG. You're probably going to want to go in and talk about that and your students and how you want more money. So from our end of things, we arrange the green sheet with all the different priorities for funding that we think our institutions may have. And we want you to kind of go in and be able to weed out and talk about, you know, why that particular program is important to you. Yeah, in, in regards to Pell, we do have three separate asks related to the Pell Grant program. Uh, number one, uh, we'll be asking institutions to advocate on behalf of allowing short-term programs, uh, things that are uh, under 600 clock hours, uh, things that are nine months in length or less at the certificate level. Uh, we're also asking institutions to um, support a Pell Grant maximum increase. 
and then also uh, another program that we've been supporting and we will be uh, showcasing as one of our uh, newer legislative items. So we'll be having a policy focus session on this uh, on Monday is Second Chance Pell, and that is offering uh, Pell grants to individuals that are incarcerated. Uh, there is an experimental site at the Department of Education. About 65 total higher education uh, organizations are uh, participating in this program. We have a large number, majority of those program uh, colleges that are participating are community colleges. And so that's something that else that we would like Congress to do as part of this effort. Yeah, and I would say if you're in a college with an Excite program, um, you're going to want to know that going in to talk about this. Um, if it's something your college is interested in doing, you probably want to know about it and go and talk about this. It's gaining a lot of momentum in many ways, and, and maybe surprisingly so. I mean, we're coming off of some, some prison reform activities um, with Congress and the administration. I mean, we've heard Business Roundtable is very interested in this issue, and and we have some surprising sort of coalition partners on this that, that aren't our norm. So we're excited to talk about it. It's something that's new for us. Um, and we hope that, that folks will go in and learn a little more about it. So it's important to keep in mind for uh, our, our members that you know we have all these priorities, but it's important to make sure that you are focusing on what's important specifically to your institution as well within that framework. You know, the green sheet is as, as short as we can get it. Um, it is a document that covers large number of priorities. Um, there are very important priorities. Um, but when you do your advocacy, we encourage all of you to pick and choose the issues that you want to talk about. Uh, the green sheet should be viewed as the priorities of the community at large, not just not your inst particular institution. Uh, and it is important when you hand the green sheet to staff to, that you outline that. These are the national association priorities for all the community colleges. But when you start talking and delineating your issues, those are your institutional priorities. I mean, it's tough to create a document that's going to satisfy a thousand people, mm -hmm. basically. And, you know, we... Or hundreds of colleges. Yeah, <laughs> and, and we hear that a lot of times, too. It's like, well, why is it so long? But then we'll also hear, well, why wasn't this issue on it? Um, so it, it becomes a little bit challenging, but yeah, I mean, we basically want you to go in and personalize this, use data from your college's student stories. I mean, this is your leave behind, and it has our association names on it. You know, I think personalizing something from your college uh, is also advantageous if possible. It's also good to personalize, like we said in part one, because you're not going to have time to go through every single item on the green sheet. Oh, and it'd be so boring if they did. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, there's certain items on there, and we do this with AACC as well. So I think there are certain items on there that we would expect presidents would be more likely to talk about and other items that maybe our trustees or students would be more likely to talk about. So it's something we negotiate with them. But, I mean, G. Hang and I would never go in and just sort of go down every single item on this list in a meeting. It would just, it would be, it would drone on and on. Um, you know, but... It's something we want everyone to be familiar with. You know, when we go in and we, we'll do our priority session at NLS and we'll talk about all of it, um, just so people have the background on it and can decide. When will this green sheet be made available? Typically, the green sheet is released a couple days after the president's budget. 
which is usually is right around the time, right before our National Legislative Summit. Given the possible slippage of the budget release, of the administration's budget release, we're probably going to just be issuing it uh, the week prior to the National Legislative Summit so colleges can have access to the information and so they can create their own priority list and okay. get prepared for the issues that we're going to be talking about. And I would say people too, they, they pretty much have it already. Yeah. I mean, as part of the confirmation packet, we send out this draft sheet. Um, the one item that's kind of in flux with us is when we sent out um, our initial sort of draft priorities, we included one on infrastructure funding. I would say that's kind of up in the air for us right now. It's, it's a little bit hard to imagine under the current scenario that we see a, a big bipartisan infrastructure bill going through in the next six months. So we need to just kind of sit down and reevaluate in the next couple of weeks, call some of our folks on the Hill, um, and do some intel as far as where people are at in, in writing an infrastructure bill and how we may be included. So you mentioned that you're doing a panel session uh, about our priorities. What can attendees expect from that? That panel discussion is your principal lobbyists of your association, uh, AACC and ACCT, and we'll be talking about each of the issues uh, the ins and outs will also be answering questions. Uh, so if you have broader questions about each of the priority items, this is your this is a primer and an explanation uh, of the issues as you as you prepare to go to Washington, DC. Um, the one thing we would just note is all these documents will then reside on our website. Uh, so as you may as you do your advocacy in Washington or you do your advocacy back home. All these documents live on our website, uh, so you know if you do a visit in D.C., then a week or a couple months later, you do another visit. All these things are there, so you can reprint them or uh, do some homework in preparation for your meetings. Uh, jumping back a little bit, uh, one of the big uh, four buckets I mentioned earlier um, is the potential for a reauthorization of the Higher Education Act. What's your forecast for that this uh, this year? We are having a uh, some individual speakers that will be coming to the NLS to talk about all of this. Uh, number one, on Monday, uh, we are having a congressional panel. We'll have the four principal higher education staffers for the Senate and the House. Um, committee staffers will be coming and talking a little bit about what they envision, uh, what their bosses are saying about this process. We also have a uh, special event. It is in conjunction with national, uh, the National Legislative Summit. It's called a Congressional Forum, uh, Cap uh, Community College Congressional Forum. And we, are, we will be inviting individuals who are involved in the reauthorization process. Uh, those would be the ranking members of the committees, uh, the, the, the various subcommittee chairs of the committees to come and talk to uh, community college leaders about um, the reauthorization. I mean, the bottom line, too, is sometimes we just don't know. We don't know if the HA is going to be reauthorized this year. If you would have asked us a year ago, would Perkins Career and Technical Education Act be reauthorized, we probably would have said, eh, probably not. It's been stalled for a really long time now. But at some point in time, it seems like Congress gets inspired to move forward. <laughs> Um, it's generally something that happens more at the leadership level where they're like, get the negotiations done. And then folks really, it sort of lights a fire to, to get past some impasses. So we don't know. We prepare like it's going to happen. Um, we're always a little skeptical. 
But, uh, you know, it's important to go up there and just reiterate things regardless. Following the Higher Education Act reauthorization, um, another big issue that uh, we've been talking about for a while is DACA and the DREAM Act. Do you foresee any movement on that issue? I mean, it's something that continually comes up. Um, Certainly, it's been part of the shutdown discussions Mm -hmm. recently. I I do think that when folks go in and talk about this, certainly we have a lot of colleges where this is a really, really important issue. Um, In most cases, your member of Congress probably already has a stance on it. I don't know if you're going to change hearts and minds by going in, but it's important just to bring it up um, and to let folks know that it's still on our minds and it's still something we want to see happen. And I also think it's important as part of the broader discussion right now, the partial government shutdown, of where we're, where we're going and to what we might see as a ultimate kind of compromise uh, bill, legislation, funding, uh, how does Congress and the administration get from this point to a final resolution to the broader issue? And, you know, we had hoped uh, in 2017 with a, that we would have had a broader comprehensive immigration piece. Uh, and, you know, maybe in 2019, that will be something that Congress and the administration can agree to. Thank you for listening to part two of this primer on the National Legislative Summit. We'll be back Tuesday next week.